Welcome to Leveling Up, a noob's quest to get good. This is a gaming history and interview podcast where each week we take a new game and discuss its history. As well as look at it from the perspective of someone who hasn't played a lot of games. I'm Joe, your resident gaming historian. And I'm a wild animal in some hot jorts. Tina, welcome to the show. Welcome to this Fortnite's episode of Leveling Up. This week, we're going to be talking about that good, good platformer about that cool orange man. That's right, Banjo-Kazooie. Wait, shit. Fuck you, Joseph. (laughs) (laughs) It is a real affliction. It's not, I'm not joking about it, and it's not fun to make fun of. Fun for me. (laughs) Uh, So, Tina, really, I mean, they know the joke. We're talking about Crash Bandicoot this time. Yes. Tell me. For 100%, I actually played Crash. I didn't just play another Banjo-Kazooie game. It's actually Crash. Excellent. You probably hate it significantly less than if you had played another Banjo game, though. Oh, 100%. This was so so much better. And I also think, now that I've played it, it'll help me distinguish the two. Because I have very different feelings towards it. Ooh, good. I love it. I mean, I don't love it, because I prefer Banjo over Crash. But whatever. Personal preferences, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, So, Tina... How would you explain this game to someone? What is this game? So this game is... Honestly, it's really just a very basic platformer where you are an orange bandicoot, which is a real animal, in some jorts, and you platform. Yeah. That's really all there is, and I think a testament to that is the fact that I didn't really realize there was a story. Yeah. And I didn't know who the scary man chasing you when you ran out of lives was. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think the best way to summarize this game, as we found during our two weeks of playing it, was, uh, as Wikipedia told us, it's Sonic's butt game. Yes, it, it truly is. It's Sonic's butt game. Uh, but yeah, I mean, TM pretty much covered it. It's a platformer. You play as a bandicoot. Boom, 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 that's it. You platform. You platform. The platform occasionally gets harder. It depends. I say occasionally. We'll get to that in a hot second. But Tina, what were your general impressions of this game? My general impressions going into this game were relatively positive for being kind of an older game, which I personally have had some, trend-wise, I've had some issues with in the past. Mm -hmm. Like, they haven't been my favorite. But I went in pretty positive, especially right after Hollow Knight, where we were talking about how I actually think, like, I'm slightly competent at platforming, and, like, I kind of enjoy it. So I went in pretty happy, and I came out, like, eh, about the same. Like, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't do much either way for me, which I can't decide if that's a good thing or a bad thing. It's a solid game. Yes. It's, it's really, it's real middle of the road. It does what it does well, with no real positives or negatives in any, any direction. (laughs) Yeah. It's competent. It's like, it is. It is competent. I've been trying to figure out how to say this, like, the past two weeks. But, okay, did you ever play, like, games or do activities where it was almost like 
you were doing like not chores necessarily but like you were doing a mundane task minecraft <laughs> as, as, sort of like minecraft but less creative like those those games were like you run like a lemonade stand animal crossing animal crossing that is like kind of like i know this game is an animal crossing but that's kind of the same feels that i got where i am doing this mundane task and it sort of maybe sometimes gives me joy. Fair enough. So, I think this was definitely more joy than Animal Crossing, though. <laughs> I mean, I would agree. By the way, just for information, we did not do, like, 100% stuff. We didn't do gems. We played the original PS1 Crash. And so I didn't want to subject Tina to the bullshit that is 100% in Crash 1. No. So with that in mind, Tina, what did you think of the difficulty curve of this game? So I thought the difficulty curve was relatively fair because mm -hmm. like the curve itself there wasn't a big spike anywhere in it sure i mean slippery slope or whatever that one yeah that, that one was hard but like that was on the third island like what do you what do you freaking expect mm -hmm. you know but like it definitely did get harder as it went on and i feel that the first couple levels were pretty darn easy yeah um honestly the biggest difficulty in this game came from dying and being set back a few levels uh-huh it was more just it's difficult because you kind of have to redo things often yeah which isn't great i mean that's kind of that was a lot of difficulty i'm using big scare quotes in like everything up to the ps1 that's why that was nintendo difficulty again big scare quotes there because a lot of kind of early game design was based around arcades. Arcades mm -hmm. want to eat your quarters, so they make the games really, really hard, so they eat a lot of your quarters, and the arcade makes a lot of money. And so a lot mm -hmm. of that kind of philosophy bled into home console games, even up through the PS1. And that's why the save system was so weird. It was like you could only save when you get a gem or after certain levels or whenever you did a bonus level, like... That's why it was like that. It was that kind of mentality still around from arcade days. You could save after you got a gem? Like, maybe it's because that never happened. I thought the only way to save... Oh, well, no. Okay, no, you're right. I think I do have a vague recollection of saving after the second level. Yes. Great. I thought the only way to save was bonus levels. Yeah, no. You can save, I believe, after getting a gem, after doing a bonus level. I believe those okay. are your only saver opportunities. I only got one gem, and it was on, like, the second level, so it's a little hazy. Yeah, same, approximately. <laughs> uh, but I don't know, like, saying the difficulty, and don't get me wrong, the platforming was difficult, but saying, like, the hardest, or, like, the most challenging parts of your game come from having to replay them, like, mm -hmm. I get that, I get that it's based off of arcade-style playing, but, yeah. like, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's under, I, I get what you're saying, um... It's just kind of, it took the industry a long time to evolve out of that thinking. So and we like, were yeah, kind so of stuck like, with it. Like, yeah, we're, we're kind of stuck with it because we're, we're used to very different games. Like, it almost felt like kind of playing a roguelike without all the cool random variation. Yeah, like, in the new, in the Crash uh, remaster, in the Insane trilogy, you could save whenever you wanted. Not in a level, but, like, on mm -hmm. the map screen, you can, there's, a save, there's a quick save button. You can just go mm -hmm. and do it at any time. But that, that, that feels better, I think. Yeah. 
I imagine that feels better. Yes. And, like, there's still some games kind of like this in the current day, but for different reasons. Like, Dark Souls, you can't save at any time. But that's, you have to save at the bonfires, but that's not because they're trying to eat your corridors. It's because that is a specific design decision that they made to support the atmosphere of the game they're trying to create. Yeah. It's a mechanical decision that adds to the atmosphere. That's not why they did it in Crash. I feel that. Yeah. So because Crash is very much just a simple platforming thing, we're probably going to spend a good amount of this little first chunk talking about level types. I want to kind of go into and I dissect your opinions on each of the different level types. Okay. So first one, uh, the first level you encounter, front to back. You start at the bottom of the screen, you're moving forward. Fairly simple, but something to remember is this is kind of, this is one of the first 3D platformers, right? This came out on the Mm PS1, fairly close to release of the PS1. And this was kind of made when everyone was thinking about 2D games, 2D platformers. And so it wasn't a purely 3D free roam. It was very much still on a single axis. You start at the bottom, you went forward. It was just a 3D environment with slightly 3D, like you can move left and right. Mm -hmm. So what did you think of those levels? I think that those levels, specifically that first level, really does give kind of a good introduction because even though you are usually only moving on like one axis at a time, like you're still kind of in that little lane, the you looking like at at Crash's butt is kind of, at least for me, I found it to be like the most intuitive, like when I was moving. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, it felt most intuitive for me. Yeah. So, I'm very glad that that was, like, the first kind of level that I encountered. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. I mean, like, they were they were good. They were they, they were chill. All they right. were chill. All right. The next level type, uh, I don't know if it's the next level type you encounter, it's the next level type we're going to talk about, is the left-to-right ones. It, they're more stereotypically 2D. They feel 2D. It's You're looking at a side-on view as if it's a 2D platformer. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first example of this, I think, was the Great Gate level, where you're going up uh-huh. the side of the gate. Those ones didn't trip me up, because like you said, it's much more traditional platforming where you are moving left to right. But I think I definitely stayed in that mindset, and so I didn't really realize that you there was points in t- point. There were specific points where you could like go back and like get extra fruits, or like you could go back specifically into those gates and like traverse through some of the gates, you know? Yeah. Like, not on the same axis that you were traveling. So, those I actually really liked. Okay. Because those felt more like, okay, we are dipping our toe into the water of having more of a free-roaming kind of game. Like, you could definitely see that they were trying to see how far they could take this, like, 3D thing. You sure. know? Sure. With this being, like, one of the first 3D platforms, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the next level type is almost a hybrid, kind of. It's Front and back, left and right, it's the almost free roamy ones. It's it, it has a higher camera angle. It's almost top down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you feel? So those, yes, they did feel the most free roamy, but I think like, I don't know. I think they kind of got just slightly like ambitious with those mm-hmm. or like, okay, those like didn't feel quite as iron like those those felt kind of weirder to play sure the camera angle kind of feels like it should be more free roamy but it's really not it's still a linear level you go from point a to point b it's just 
point A to point B is much more circuitous than the other yeah. levels. Yeah. Yeah. Which is fine, but I just think it's done better in a lot of other games. I agree. Yeah. Um, next, uh, what did you feel about... I think you only did one of them, because the other one was a bonus level, or a secret level. How did you feel about the boar level? The boar level? Okay. I thought those were hilarious. Yeah. I thought they were just funny. Like, I'm riding on a pig. Like, yeah. yeah. I was really here for the hog levels because I think it gave a cool twist to the front to back level types. Because mm-hmm. instead of getting to go at your own pace, like, obviously, like, you were on a pig, it forced you to run through it fast. Yeah. So I was like, okay, you know, I'm here for this. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I. That one was one of my favorite levels, I think. The yeah. boar levels, I really like it. Like you said, you're forced. It's more about reaction time than precise platforming or whatever. And I, re- I just really like the kind of high-octane nature of them. And I like how they expanded on them in future games. Because in future games, instead of pigs, they're motorcycles. Yes! Oh, I like that. Yes. Uh, next type, let's talk about the bridge levels. These were actually my favorite levels. Okay. And I think it's because these were the levels where I kind of got into a rhythm when I was doing them. Sure. Like, I felt like there very much was... You you had to jump across that bridge section, like, in a certain pattern. I mean, obviously, you had to jump across it in a pattern. But, like, I don't know. I I felt like I felt the rhythm uh-huh. when I played those levels. Sure. Totally understand. And, obviously, I really do like the back-to-front much more than the front-to-back. Sure. I like it when you're looking at his butt much better when you're looking at his face. I mean, that's fair. Crash has a nice butt. Crash does have a nice butt. I mean, not that his face isn't nice, too. Yeah. Come on. Much better than Banjo's face. (laughs) That bear looks dumb. I personally hated the bridge levels, but not these (laughs) bridge levels. The insane trilogy bridge levels. We didn't play them. They don't exist right now. We didn't, but I'm going to talk about them anyway, because oh my god. (laughs) You were on Discord with me, or maybe you were in the room with me when I was playing some of the Insane Trilogy, and that's the one thing I think you knew about this game coming in, was me raging at those dumb bridge levels. I came into this game kind of worried about them. Like, when I encountered my first bridge level, I was kind of worried. And the thing is, bridge levels in this version, much better. Yeah. Much less annoying. And there's a particular reason for that. Tina, how much do you know about character bounding boxes? I can infer what the name means. All right. But that's about it. (laughs) So this is a bit more tactical, I guess, than we usually go, but it's kind of important for this specific case. So character bounding boxes are the way that games decide collision. Every object in a game has a bounding box. It's usually a a cube of some description, a rectangular prism. If it's... There might be other types, like uh, ovoids, if it fits the object more. Mm -hmm. In the original Crash, his... A bounding box was a rectangle, a rectangular prism. It was a cube, basically. So what that means is that he actually had, like, a little extra space in front of him because his face was longer than his stride. So, like, even if you weren't perfectly on a platform, you had a few extra pixels at the front where you could, like, actually grab on and pull yourself up, basically. In the Insane Trilogy, on the other hand, the bounding box was ovoid. It was a sphere, stretched sphere. What this means was you did not have that luxury of the extra pixels out the front, and also it was much easier to slip off of objects because it's a curved surface. Mm. And so that's really the big reason that I had so much issues with these levels in the newer version. 
I think that is understandable. And I don't know if I would actually ever want to play another Crash game. But based on what you're saying, I I would definitely give, like, playing the Insane Trilogy some thought. Uh-huh. You know, just because, like, honestly, like, the bridge levels were my favorite levels by a long shot. Sure. Like, I definitely found them the most enjoyable and the most interesting levels. Uh-huh. So, I don't know. I would be very intrigued to play that game to see how I felt about them. Yeah. It's just that even in this version's bridge levels, there are some jumps that are, like, so pixel perfect that, mm-hmm. like, you have to be exacting. And that's exacting with the old square bounding boxes. The new ones, mm-hmm. you have to be even more exacting. And so it's just ever so slightly more frustrating. And by ever so slightly, <laughs> I mean, oh my god, kill me. Those were the worst levels in the new one. I'm sorry. Speaking of worst levels, though. Hey, Tina, tell me about them boulders. These boulders can go take a long roll off a short pier. <laughs> I hate them. I hate them so much. The reason I hate them so much is because switching, for some reason, switching to looking at his face really messed with me. Uh-huh. It really messed with me. And having the added pressure of a boulder behind you, re- like I, mm-mm, mm-mm. I think in the, I can't, I can't really remember, but I, wasn't there one level where you played looking at his face where there wasn't a boulder like in the first island? I don't think Am so. Am I making that you don't I'm, think so? I'm pretty sure the only front-facing levels were the boulder levels. Fine. That even adds more fuel to my argument. It's so stupid that you put the first front-facing facing level on basically a timer. Yeah. Like, the timer of the boulder. Like, the hog levels were cool because you were already used to looking at his butt. Sure. And you had a grasp on those levels. Sure. So that added a twist. The boulder levels were throwing a new perspective at you and putting it on the timer yeah and more than just me being angry about the timer i really just hated looking at his face it's fair it's fair not his actual face i hated that perspective of no playing the game. that's totally fair and it wasn't the first time i guess you would have experienced that there were certain sections of levels that you could go mm-hmm. backwards through like in the very first level there was a branching path that you could go back through that's, that's not what i mean though i know but there were no full levels dedicated to going towards the camera and like I didn't hate the boulder levels as much as you did, but that's because I played a lot of platformers. But Mm. going towards the camera is definitely one of the most stressful things in a platformer because it it really depends on the camera angle. The camera was fairly close on crash, so it was kind of hard. Like, you had to have very fast reaction times Mm -hmm. to be able to jump at the right points and avoid the obstacles and all that. And I get what they were going for. It was obviously inspired by the Indiana Jones where, you know, the boulder chase. And I like the idea. I didn't hate them as much as you did, but I un- I completely understand your argument. I completely understand where the anger is coming from. And I totally see how that level would have been much more boring if you had put it on just like the left to right axis. Like if you had made it, if you had made it going left to right, mm-hmm. and it's impossible to look at his butt when there's a boulder behind you. Because you would only see the boulder. Like, I totally get why you had, why they put the camera where they did. I just think it would have been better if there were one or two levels before that where you... Sure. Like, uh, oriented yourself to that way of playing the game. Okay. Understandable. Also, there are totally many, 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 many 2D side-scrollers that do the wall of death from the left mechanic. It is not less boring. Well, no. I mean, like, I don't know. it's not more boring or whatever. 
I get what you're saying, but, like, they totally could have implemented it side-scrolling, I think. I think it was just, like, the spectacle of the thing. Like, mm-hmm. you're running towards a screen because you're running away from a giant boulder, and it's super cool and very Indiana Jonesy. But, like... Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I've played... Because I've played a Mario game where they have, like, the wall of death coming towards you. I highly disagree with you. I think having the boulder coming at you is a lot more impactful. And okay. having it going left to right is a lot more... Boring probably isn't the correct term. I think the other thing is... Less stressful. That's fair. Mario games do have uh, auto-scrollers, which is, I think, what you're talking about. But there are other games that have a literal wall of death coming towards you. Like, uh, in the most recent Mega Man game, there was a level where there was a fire fire catching up to you from the left side of the screen at all times. There are other examples that I have pieces of in my head but don't have actual examples. But, like... There's a difference between an auto-scroller and a wall of death auto-scroller. Because usually a wall of death is a more natural auto-scroller. They don't usually scroll the screen. They just have the hazard coming towards you. So it's much more impactful than a regular auto-scroller, in my opinion. I think I can kind of see that. Yeah. All right. Uh, Those are pretty much all the level types. Uh, Quick want to know your opinion on the bonus levels. Oh, okay. Yes. Sorry. You said bonus levels. I didn't realize what you meant for a second. You mean the levels where you collect three of the Squirrel Girl's face? Yes. She's also she a have... bandicoot. She's she's also a bandicoot? Yeah, she's Crash's girlfriend. I mean, obviously she's Crash's okay, girlfriend. Okay, that's fair. Anyway, oh, yeah, what did you think of the bonus My opinion of the bonus levels. I liked them mm-hmm. as someone who died a lot. Sure. It was a very good way to get lives. Yep. I was... Um, severely disappointed on i think like the third or fourth bonus level i encountered when i realized that if you don't make it to the end you don't save yeah i was i was real sad yeah tanya does creep me out a little bit though that's early ps1 character models for you but she just looked so weird yeah yeah i did like how there definitely was like a roger rabbit jessica rabbit vibe going on a little bit or uh, I, like, I would compare her more to uh, Lola Lola Bunny or Lola Rabbit from uh, Space Jam. Yeah, but like I don't know, like the the height difference. Yeah, I feel isn't there. No, and that's also obvious. Like there's no, there's literally no di. There's almost no dialogue in this game. I don't think there's any dialogue in this game. I think Cortex might say something. That that's what I wasn't sure. There's barely any dialogue in this game, and I still get a vibe from Crash that he's like a doofus. Oh yeah. 100%. Yeah, so no, I really think it's I really think it's much more Yeah, Roger actually, Rabbit. yeah, yeah. With the fact that Crash is Roger Ra- no, a hundred percent. Yeah. But no, she looked hella creepy. A little bit. Uh they also improved that in the Insane trilogy where instead of just being ported there, it unlocks a portal where you can try it multiple times. Oh, okay. I that was that would actually be very nice. Yes. Cause it, it was kind of disheartening to like go the extra mile to unlock because you had to get three of her faces. Yeah. So it was just, it was kind of disheartening to go the extra mile to unlock all three of her faces and then just to die. And it was of. especially disheartening when you had the harder ones where you had either Brio or Cortex's faces. Yes. Because those were harder to find and harder to do. It just... Mm. Yeah. Understand. I don't think I unlocked any of Brio's levels. I don't think I did either. I think I did one <laughs> maybe. I think I did the slippery climb one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what were your opinion on the boss fights? 
Useless. Stupid. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. They they interrupted the flow of, I don't want to say platforming goodness, but platforming... Mediocrity. Stuff. Yeah, platforming mediocrity that was happening. I hated the boss fights. Yeah. Gameplay-wise, the... they all sucked. Hmm? Gameplay-wise, yeah, they all sucked. They all sucked. They were all pretty boring. Aesthetically, some of them were cool. I mean, we did get another beefy animal in tight shorts. Yeah. So I guess that's something? Like... Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I didn't like them. I didn't like them at all. The boss fights have always, always been disappointing in Crash games. In all of them. Always. Like, honestly, I would have been so much... Ooh, I like this idea, actually. I really like this idea. I would have been so much happier at the end if instead of the boss fight you had with neocortex mm -hmm. which i have all of the time in the world for that pun i can't even express it um <laughs> i would have been so much here for instead of the boss fight that you actually had with him if they did a level where you were looking at crash's face but you were chasing cortex Ooh. and so that was the timer like yeah. you had to catch him before he reached the end of the level that would be cool so instead of having something behind you that was going to, like... You were the boulder. Flush you if you... Well, not only were you the boulder, but, like, okay, if I know I need to take more time on this section, that's fine as long as I hurry up in this section. Yeah. You know, like, I think that would have been a lot better, and I think that would have been ending on platforming, which really was the focus of the game, and their strong suit. Yeah, I mean, that is kind of a lot of problem with a lot of platformer games. Like, Mario didn't have good bosses either. Mario still doesn't have good bosses. No, no. offense, Bowser. Not uh, no. Oh, I'm that's gonna not true. jump on the turtle. No. That's not true. Mario Galaxy, Mario Odyssey have Mario Sunshine have good bosses, in my opinion. I trust your opinion. The two D Mario's, the bosses suck. The th uh, most of the three D Mario's have pretty good boss fights, which I think is interesting. Crash, no, they all suck though. No, they all suck. Um, and I think honestly. A big issue was I felt that they kind of made most of the boss fights 2D. Like, I realized they were still, like, it was still 3D or whatever. But, like, for the Koala one, for the Neo Cortex fight, like, you just moved left to right. You yeah. know? Like, yeah. They were, they, it they became lost, a 2D game again. They lost a dimension. Totally. They, they did. I mean, yeah. Uh, so I want to talk a little bit. We didn't do it, but I wanted to talk about the completion bonus, and I wanted to get your opinion on it. So to 100% complete this game, you have to beat every level without dying and get every crate in that level. And your reward for this is you get an, it get a cutscene, you find Tana, she's there with a bird, you ride off on the bird, and then they have that, like, comedy movie thing where they talk about what all the bosses did after the game. Like, Papu Papu. Like, where are they now? Yeah, exactly. Papu Papu sold the ruins of a castle cortex to a resort developer. So these aren't even funny? Uh, he then used the proceeds to open a big and tall shop on the island. So they're a little funny. Kind of. Okay. Uh, okay. And then you just have... They're writing some of my jokes. Who am I kidding? And then you just have them riding off on a bird for the rest of the credits. Great. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like the real reward there is just... Not having to do the Cortex boss. No. <laughs> Lol. No, like, it, people who were going to do that, they would do that regardless of, like, what they got in the store reward. You know, like. Yeah. It's, 
it, it it's purely self-satisfaction a hundred percent it's a completionist thing it's you don't complete it for what you get you complete it for the sake of completing it yeah yeah which is kind of how i felt just playing this game and i mean we've talked about how your opinion on completing things for the sake of completing them see banjo see banjo Hey guys, Joe here. Just want to pop in here at the midpoint to let you know some information before we finish up the episode. First of all, we'd love to get some recommendations from you guys on what we should play, so feel free to send us some of those. You can either email us at levelinganoob at gmail.com, or you can hit us up on Twitter at levelingn. That's the word leveling and the letter n. Uh, second of all, we'd love it if you would support us here on Anchor. Uh, you can support us by going to our show page and clicking on the Support This Podcast button. Supporting us would give us the opportunity to get some better recording equipment and even get Tina some consoles so we could uh, play some more modern games. But hey, even if you can't support us, I just wanted to say thanks from both Tina and I for just giving our podcast a listen. We really appreciate it. Some ads might play after this, but ads or not, I hope you enjoy the rest of this episode. See you all in two weeks for the next one. So let's move on to the next section. How did you feel about the art style of this game? I was pretty, I guess, generous when I came to the art style because it was... I don't know if it was the first, but it was one of the first 3D games. So I feel like I was pretty generous. Fair enough. However, okay, actually, I will I will say this one thing. I think Banjo looked better. I would agree. I think uh, I think Crash has nice environments kind of, for some of the levels. Mm-hmm. But I think Banjo, with the three, the more open world 3D aspect, gives it give the environments much more fleshing out. I guess than Crash. I guess yeah yeah uh how do you feel i mean the sorry just one more thing to say about the art style almost all the enemies you fought with the exception of the bosses looked ridiculous correct like okay he's a bandicoot that's a real animal what is this weird lizard it's a like, lizard i that is i think it's like a monitor lizard there were like seven different lizards that's and fair one there were a lot like of different a dinosaur lizards. Yes, there was the, like, Velociraptor dinosaur that had a spear. thing. Yeah. yeah. Like, the design of the other things in Crash was ludicrous. Yes. Uh, how do you feel about the soundtrack? See, now I'm going to reverse what I just said. The soundtrack to Crash was a thousand times better than the soundtrack to Banjo. Oh, okay. Really? I mean... Are you... Sup- was this soundtrack just tuba? Okay, fair enough. <laughs> no, I really... <laughs> not a high bar to clear, but... I also enjoy the Crash soundtrack. I'm not saying you're wrong. I just forgot how much you hate tuba. It's not that I hate tuba. I hate seven hours of tuba. <laughs> and it probably took me like seven hours to play that game. It's fair. That's fair. But it was... It was fine. Yeah. It was much like the rest of the game, mediocre. It's fair. And Not I... particularly offensive. I mean, those Native American I mean, yeah. indigenous people were a little probably offensive to someone. They were problematic, for sure. They, yeah, they someone, I don't blame you, whoever you are. Um, but the soundtrack think, was, meh. I think a part of what made the soundtrack good is, 
I believe, I could be wrong, so comments, feel free to roast me if I am. I believe this is the first popular console that used actual MP3s for their music instead of a sound chip in the system itself. Like, all of Nintendo's stuff, that's co- that's part of why chiptune is a thing. All of Nintendo's mm-hmm. cartridge-based consoles, NES, SNES, and the Nintendo 64, they all used an internal chip within the system to create the sounds on the fly. Whereas PlayStation, since it was using discs, they could just store and play MP3s off of the disc. Oh, okay. So is that like when we played Super Mario Bros. 3, how all the music sounded like it was coming out of a garbage disposal? Exactly. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, they had... It was an internal chip on the like mem- on the like the motherboard of the NES, so they had a- the motherboard. The motherboard. Mother. On so they had a very tiny range to work with. They could only play like four notes at a time or something. That's understand. Yeah, so that's why a lot of pre PlayStation music sounds so bad. Maybe, mm-hmm. especially like one's... especially the NES stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. We're not mad at you, Zelda. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I don't think I am either. Okay. Nah, it's probably because I played most of that video game with the sound off. That's fair. I didn't do that for this game. I feel, you know, I feel that's a good marker for how I feel about the music. Yeah, I think so. I would agree. I played the video game with the sound on. Yeah. Speaking of how you felt about the rest of the sound, though. How did you... There wasn't a lot of voice acting. There was Crash Woes. But how did you feel about the sound effects in general? Okay, so one quick thing about his woes. We have a dear friend who is absolutely enamored by the Crash Whoa meme. Probably still till this day, even though it is no longer in peak popularity. I can see why it became a meme. It was pretty adorable. Yeah. I'm kind of here for it. (laughs) I don't know if I like the meme anymore, but... I can appreciate it more. Sure, sure. Um, I mean, yeah, there wasn't... I mean, the biggest noises you heard were you shattering boxes and you picking up Wumpa? Yep. Wumpa Fruits. That's a dumb name. These names are really all over the place. I agree with Jeremy. They should have been Bandafruits. Why? He's a Bandicoot. They're Bandafruits. It's such a good pun. sort of a good pun but it's also like it's just total nonsense all of it's total nonsense i mean it's already nonsense just make more nonsense that's a better pun whatever um and the weird noise that the mask made was weird a little frightening that's also probably problematic oh a hundred percent so let's move on to the section i like to call highs and lows where we discuss our favorite and least favorite parts of certain sections of the game they're gonna be a short one we got two what was Yay! your favorite level and least favorite? What was your least favorite level? My least favorite <laughs> My least favorite level was Boulder Dash. That's fair. My least favorite was the High Road, mainly for the Insane Trilogy version, but, you know, I'm sticking with it. That's fine. That is totally fine. Yeah. Anyone that listened to the earlier part of the podcast could have seen both of those coming. It was fairly clear. <laughs> we really put a big like flaming signs how we felt about those yeah but that's okay yeah um no but i mean you kind of 
you explained to me as I was playing the game that the f- second island kind of mirrored the first island where there were harder levels of levels that were on the first island mm-hmm. on the second island. That was not a great sentence. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. And the boulder dash was the harder level on the second island of the boulder level. It was straight garbage. So what was your favorite level then? The bridge level right before boulder dash, road to nowhere. Okay. All which right. was the harder bridge level. I think the high road was the harder bridge level. The high road was the harder bridge level? Yeah, it was bridge to nowhere first and then high road second. Oh, you're right. That was the one on third island. Yeah. It's okay. I still stand by my decision. It's fine. I mean, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, my favorite was Slippery Climb. Ooh, why? I just really like that one. I like the aesthetic of it. I like the challenge of it. It was the one... I personally, I think I really like the side scroll, the side to side levels the mm-hmm. most out of like all the levels, probably because it felt the most like, you know, 2D platforming. But it also was the one on the final island that felt the most fairly challenging to me personally. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, what about bosses? Least favorite? The pinstripe guy. Pinstripe Potoroo. Yeah, what is the po- a potaroo is not a thing, right? I do not think that's a real animal. They really need to be consistent. He is definitely another marsupial of some description. I recognize the animal, I just cannot bring the name of the animal to mind, but potaroo is not a real thing. Okay, yeah. He, mm. My least favorite was Papu Papu, just because he was too easy. I think he's definitely my second least favorite. His level really just threw me, though. Yeah. Because I wasn't expecting a boss level. That's fair. Why would I be expecting a boss level in this platforming game? I shouldn't have to. They shouldn't be there. That's fair. Uh, what was your favorite? So for my favorite, I have a tie. Okay. Either the koala level, just because he was hilarious. Koala Kong, I believe. Yes. He was hilarious. Yes, I can approve of that. His level was stupid. I mean, all of the boss levels were stupid. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know, Ripperoo's, like, actually was, I don't know, in my opinion, objectively the best designed level. Sure. Like, you did something that was, okay, here is something distinctly different. I can see why they made a whole different level out of this. Yeah. But, I don't know, the other bosses are really didn't feel the way. But my other most favorite was the Cortex one. Yeah. Simply because of his name. It's fair. Just just because of his name. I have... I can improve on both of those opinions. I'm here for the pun. I w- Cortex was my favorite because it, w- it felt to me the most like a real boss fight. It was like relying on platforming skill, kind of. You had to yeah, actually like to dodge, dodge stuff. Balls. Yeah, I don't know. Again, none of them were good, but I no. thought Cortex was the best. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. Uh, do you have any closing thoughts? Do I have any closing thoughts? No, it's... This game is not bland, but just... Eh. We've already it's, said eh. more than can be said about this game. Honestly, kinda. Yeah, that's fair. So, give me a rating out of 10, then. It really is a 5. Like, there's... It's so astoundingly mediocre. Yeah. That's the only solid, straight 5 you've ever given a game. And I think that's totally fair. Because I'm so neutral about this game. Yeah. Like, the amazing bridge levels were perfectly balanced by the dumb, dumb boulder levels. I think that's fair. And it finished with something that wasn't even barely platforming. Yeah. So, next week, Tina, what are we going to be playing? Next episode. Hold on, just real quick. Okay. Like, 
no shade to people who actually like Crash, especially the newer games. I can see how those would be totally enjoyable. Yeah. This is not like Pokemon at all, where I think it's a not a good game. Uh-huh. I can see how someone would enjoy this. Yes. It's not that it's bad. It's just no. competent, like we said. <laughs> it's good at what it does, but not very good. It's not innovative. Just good enough. <laughs> yeah. It's a 5 out of 10. So Sorry, continue. continue. What are we going to be playing next week? Next episode. Next episode, we are going to be playing Bayonetta. Yeah. Did I say that right? Yes. Hell yeah. Yeah, we're going to be playing that game where you... Oh, look, it's another game where you kill people with hair. Yes. I have a type, in case you can't tell. I... That's a lie. We were originally going to play God of War, which stars a bald man, but... I think... It's fine. I think Tina very much may enjoy the aesthetic of this game, but I'm not sure she's going to super enjoy the mechanics. I'm going to say she gives it a six and a half out of ten. Ooh, okay. So a very a very Borderlands moment. Yes. Okay. All right. That was this episode, though, of Leveling Up. Uh, feel free to hit us up on Twitter. Uh, yes. You can find our Twitter account at leveling n. That is the word leveling and then the letter n. Uh, you can also email us if that is more your speed at our email at levelinganoob at gmail.com. Yes. Give us suggestions for games you want us to play. Yeah, for sure. Uh, if you have suggestions, we would love to hear them. And I think that's it for this episode, though. Bye. Bye. used in this podcast was BitQuest by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com, used under a Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license.